Hey, I'm Rita. And I'm Lee. And welcome to the Me For Her podcast. We are two gay girls living polar opposite lives on different sides of the country. Here to talk shit and share with you our experiences between 20 and 30. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 29 of the Me For Her pod. So this is actually the first episode where I'm going rogue. Um, Rates here, obviously, if you don't know my voice by now. Um, that's a shame. Um, so I'm going solo, which is a super weird feeling, having a co-host or someone to interview since the pod's inception in August last year, which is nuts because the year's just flying by. It's April 21 at the time of recording and it's going to be August before we know it, which is crazy. Um But yeah, so today's episode, I guess I'm going to be talking about some hard truths um, that I guess I've learnt along the way. And apparently I'm giving dating advice now. So I'll deal with a couple of questions that have come in from listeners on the IG as well. But um, firstly, I want to talk about last week. So we had Stephanie Vaughan on as an interview who wrote the book Half Him, Half Her, which is amazing. And she's actually just sent me a a copy, sorry, and I can't wait to get reading. Um... We had some really amazing messages from people just saying that, like, I don't know why, but that interview really affected me and, like, I really care deeply for Steph and I'm so glad that she's so happy now and I obviously echo those sentiments. I didn't actually realise I'm in the book. Apparently I'm in the book under Rachel instead of Rita, which is hilarious. Um, So, yeah, I highly recommend if anyone's interested in that story, um, there is a link in the show notes to go and purchase that book um, if you choose to. Um, or if you're in Melbourne, let me know and I can lend it to you when I'm finished, um, which is no issues. So, But, yeah, let's get straight into it. It's a cold, bloody night in Melbourne. It honestly feels like winter. And I'm actually getting to Perth next weekend to see Lee and I can't fucking wait because I get to meet Ollie, her newborn, and obviously spend some time with Oak and Taylor as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, yes... Just letting you know, Lee and I will be back next episode to talk about her birth story. Um, And I can't wait because I haven't actually heard it. So I'm really excited to hear all the juicy gossip. She obviously had a home birth, which is fucking ballsy and amazing. Um, And I know that Lee's already complimented Tay, her wife's strong support by her side. No drugs, um, home birth, water birth. So fucking kudos to Lee and Tay for, for getting through that. And Ollie is not a small child. She was as big as Oak, so almost 10 pounds in the high nine. So go Lee and you're going to hear it all next week. But for now, full disclosure, this episode might go for five minutes. I don't know. It's really weird just talking to myself at the screen. Um, but let's get straight into it. So I hit up some listeners um, on IG to submit some questions. Some were hilarious and stupid and others were quite meaningful and worthy of a discussion. So let's get straight into it. So the first question from our listeners was, would you date someone still in the closet? I have actually before. My second girlfriend was straighty 180. Um, when we got together, she told me that she'd kiss a girl and sort of like, experimented with a girl before but hadn't really been in a relationship which was fine and we were together for I think almost two years and her family knew me as her best friend and I didn't think too much of it at the time to be honest I wasn't I think when you're in a relationship with someone who hasn't dealt with their sexuality yet 
And mind you, I was the younger one of the two. She was five years older than me, but she wasn't out of the closet yet, which is fine. I think you have to be really patient and careful not to pressure someone in to something that they're not ready to do because coming out is a massive thing. It's a massive thing. Some people have issues with their family being religious or just um, not very progressive in that way. Um, some people's families are blatantly homophobic and it's really hard for these people to come to deal with their feelings. So with my ex, which was fucking so long ago, probably a decade ago, I didn't want to push her into coming out Um, and I was okay with being her best friend as far as her family was concerned. They invited me to everything. They invited me to Christmas, to birthdays, to everything that they would have invited a partner to. Now, whether they knew or not, I'm not entirely sure. I think they would have had a clue because, well, one, she looks like a big fat lesbian, but um, (laughs) I think maybe they had an idea, but she wasn't ready to tell them. I didn't push it. They didn't ask. I was just her best friend and that was that, even though I slept over like all the time. But anyways, so I think if I was to date someone now in the closet, is is like, I guess the answer to the question is yes, I would, but... I think there would be a time limit for me personally. Like I think there's a level of respect that you have to give your partner and it depends on your age and a variety of things, but there is a time limit for you to lie about your relationship, I think out of respect to your partner because in my instance, I was the best friend and after a while, probably after a year or so, like fuck, it was – Seriously, like we played for the same soccer team, right? And I remember us being in the change room one um, game and she had a hickey on her neck and one of our teammates was like, what the fuck's that? Like that's a hook, uh, that's a hickey. Ooh, did, did you get lucky last night? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm standing in the room. I obviously gave her the hickey. No one else in the room knew. And her friend that was giving her shit was thought she was straight, so started talking about like which guy did you sleep with and this, this and that. And it was just I guess that's one example of it getting growing tired. But for this particular <laughs> Oh man, thinking back, it's quite fucked, but at the time I didn't really think too much about it. But essentially the same friend who took the piss out of her for having a hickey, okay? Um for whatever reason, my ex-girlfriend really wanted to uh, convince this person she was still straight and not gay. I don't know why. can't remember. It's a long time ago. But she felt so passionately about this that they were once out at Angle 7 one night. I wasn't there. And my ex kissed a boy in front of this person while we were together just to, like, throw her off our scent because she was a few people were sort of getting um, – asking questions about us and like that is just so disrespectful to someone that you've been with for a certain amount of time like fair enough if you're not exclusive you can't really do a lot about it but yeah I guess my message to anyone listening that's in that position is that one don't force anyone to come out if they're not ready that is not your job it is a big deal and you need to support them and encourage them and be there for them but not push them over the edge if they're not ready But two, if you're the person in the closet, how do I put this? There's never going to be a good time. There's never going to be a good time. I've got friends who have lost family members from coming out and speaking their truth to them and 
it's it's super hard. I understand that. But sometimes there is never a good time. And if you honestly feel the way that you do, it is not a phase or you're in love with someone, then your family are just going to have to fucking get over that and accept you for who you are. I know you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but that's a hard truth. That is a hard truth. There's never going to be a good time. And if they really love you, then they would want you to be yourself. And some people might get hurt in the process, but ultimately you can't live a life forever. I understand that for a period of time you might feel that you have to and it's the only way, but there's going to come a time where you just got to tell the truth and come out. And honestly, it's the best, most liberating feeling ever. And I'm sure, hopefully, you've got friends and a support network to support you through that. If you don't, hit me and Lee up and we'll walk you through it because everyone's been there in some way or another unless you were born, you know, twerking and waving the rainbow flag when you're like four years old, which some do and kudos to you. But for a lot of us, we figure it out on our own time and it's not easy. But I can almost promise you that it's almost worth it. It's almost always worth it. So would I date someone in the closet? Yes, but there's going to come a time where I would have to walk away from that relationship if my partner didn't acknowledge me enough to tell her family about me. That would be me personally. Next question. Okay. First date awkwardness. How do I make a move on the first date? This honestly still gets me at 31 years old. Fuck me. I've had some awkward dates over my times. Um, Last year I went on a Zoom date. That was fair enough. Bit awkward, but COVID times you live. And then after the whole 5K radius thing shut down, we decided to catch up in person. And I think I just sort of felt like as soon as she rocked up to my house, we went and got some food. I was just like, fuck me, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it, but I don't know what to say or do. Came back to mine, watched a movie, I think maybe even watched a second movie and she was just like, I'm going to go. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, should I kiss her at the door? I don't know. didn't really feel like making a move on the couch, but I'm going to go with it. So I walked her to the door and I was sort of getting ready to like, lean in maybe kiss her and she pretty much ran away she was like bye and waved an arm at me and waved and like ran to work and I was like holy shit (laughs) however she did message me that night and said and credit to her full credit to this girl and I see her out and I say hello but she just said hey like you know what do you think of tonight? Like, do you sort of just see me as a friend or not? And I said, to be honest with you, I sort of got friends vibes from both of us because that's just how I felt. But how do you feel? And she was sort of like, I was keen, but like totally understand if you're not like, maybe we should just be friends. And I was like, sorry, but that sounds great. Cool. Let's be friends. And that's what we are. So I think first dates are always fucking awkward. And dating is awkward until one day you wake up and it's fucking not awkward. So there's no real way to dodge that in my opinion from my experience. The whole who's going to make a move and whatever, like, (laughs) guys, I went on a date recently um, and it was actually a nice, (laughs) it was actually a nice date. I forgot about daylight savings and it was going to be a hot day. So I was like, hmm, 28 degrees, like let's go to St Kilda Beach, like catch up there. Lots of room for activities, given that it was hot weather. And we both get there and it's fucking pitch black because of daylight savings. I pictured it being like a light, sunny day. Um, 
that didn't happen, so that was quite funny. So we went to a bar, got talking, had a drink, and then <laughs> a bunch of Harry Krishna followers, supporters, I don't know the right term, um, were making a lot of noise. So we decided, like, we literally couldn't talk because we couldn't hear each other. So we are like, okay, let's go for a walk. So we left them. They followed us. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and then so we're going on this walk and with this particular person, we'd actually hooked up on a night out. So there wasn't that whole are they into me, are they not. It was like we'd hooked up before. So the assumption was there that potentially we would hook up again, right? Um, and so we go on this walk and we approach the beach and there's this bunch of backpackers making music and um, and so I'm sort of like walking towards them. Actually, before this, we go to McDonald's and I had period pain and I was like, are you going to judge me if I get an apple pie because I really want one? And she was like, no. So I got an apple pie. We both had one and went on this walk. So we're eating our apple pie, approaching the beach, and then there's these backpackers making this music. So we're sort of walking over to them, but she's probably like a meter behind me. And then she (laughs) – this is so embarrassing. She holds her hand out, and I thought she was like holding her hand out to like get my hand so we can walk away from the backpackers. So I sort of like put my (laughs) – put my fingers in her hand but what she actually wanted was the apple pie wrapper to put in the fucking bin (laughs) so I luckily had the apple pie wrapper in that hand so she sort of like went past my gesture of grabbing my hand and went for the apple pie uh, wrapper but there was an awkward three seconds of handhold when I thought she was trying to hold my hand on this awkward date and so luckily we did not go hand in hand for the rest of the walk. But there was clear that there was going to be an end to the date soon. So we walk, 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 walk. Talking is good, whatever. And then we get to her car and it's like, fuck, this is the point of the night where you either make out or you fucking don't make out or you do an awkward hug. And I was just like, I am in period pain. Like I actually can't deal with this. But we were hovering around her car for about 15 minutes and it was so clear that it was like, do we kiss, do we not kiss, who kisses? Like who makes a move in a lesbian relationship? I still don't know to this day. Um, and it got to the point where I was just like, I, I need out of this. I can't deal with this awkward um, hovering situation anymore. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to go. Like I'm going to grab my bag, kiss on the cheek, sort of like hugged her and I was like out of there because I was like, I – I don't know. I don't feel like making a move because I don't feel well. I don't know if you're going to. If she would have, I probably would have went with it. But I'm pretty sure I've shared on the pod that I had this awkward situation whereby I went for a kiss for a girl and she like folded the matrix and went back and rejected me. So potentially scarred from that. But anyways, I guess my advice, given that I'm apparently giving dating advice now, is read body language. If there's your incidental touches or body contact, I know that from another date of mine. Um, oh, fuck, it's another story. Jesus. Someone went in for like a full pass when I was at my scooter when, at the end of the date when we were like saying goodnight and I just wasn't really feeling it. So I went in for a peck and she sort of went in for like a pash and it just – so I pulled away and I was like a bit awkward and then she's like, come back here. And then I went for a peck and she went for a patch. That was a bad time. So anyways, back to the moral of the story. 
fucking hell. How did I end up here? Okay. Dating's always awkward. You just got to give it your best intention. You got to be in it to win it. Um, try and read body language. Make a fucking move. Grow some balls. If you get rejected like I did, you're just going to remember it forever, be scarred for it, and share it on a podcast one day. So I say you got to risk it to get the biscuit, even despite the awkwardness, which is apparently always there. For me, maybe for other people, dating's not awkward, but for me, it literally always is, always, always, always is, until one day you wake up and you're comfortable with someone and it's not awkward and you're dating. And it's like, oh, it's weird. This is really awkward at the start. Third and final question. This one's a little bit deeper. And I want to preface this by saying that this person who asked me this recently had the balls to ask me on a date. Um, She slid into my DMs, followed the pod, um, and I really respect her for that. And um, one of my friends actually, shout out to Sarah Sumner, we were at her place with a few mates and they were sort of asking for a bit of a dating episode. This was a while ago. And... um, I sort of told him about this person who asked me on a date and my response to this person when they asked me on a date was I've actually had my fair share of awkward dates for the the year. Like maybe let's reassess next year because this was before Christmas and I'd had that fucking Zoom weird date and I was just a bit like I I can't emotionally deal with another awkward date right now. Like I'm good. I just want to get through Christmas and then let's reassess in January. That was my headspace, right or wrongly. Um, and Sarah Sumner was like, fucking hell, you speak every week on the pod about how you're single and you can't wait to find your dream girl. And this girl is asking to go for a drink with you and you're telling her fucking next year. So I didn't actually go for a drink with this girl and I sort of feel bad for that. I sort of put it off and then something happened. I don't know what happened. But anyways, so one, good on this girl for asking me out on a date. I'm not saying that everyone should do that, <laughs> but I'm saying you got to risk it to to get the biscuit, like I said. Anyways, back to this story, okay? So this girl, she said, hey, question for you about dating. And she did ask me recently how it's going and I said it's going quite well um, and that's that. So she said, because you already know what you're looking for in a relationship, do you tell a girl straight up what you're looking for and see what they want or do you just go with a flow and see what happens? This one is a really, really good question because I think it's age dependent. I'm 31 now. You all know what I want in a relationship. I've said it on the pod before. I want kids. I want the happy ending. I want someone who's serious. And the kids for me is sort of a non-negotiable. So I'm not big on deal breakers normally. Um, Like previously, if I wasn't 31, like it might be smoking. I'm not really a big fan of smoking, but to my point when I said this to this this person, there are deal breakers that are negotiable and there's deal breakers that are non-negotiable. And I know that deal breaker is meant to be non-negotiable, but the things that you can sway and compromise on, right? So, for example, like smoking, exactly. So, like I don't want to date someone that smokes, but if I met and really got along with someone and they occasionally had a social smoke, maybe I could look past that, right? Or what's another one? Friends with their ex, right? So some people get really weird with this. Not a lot of lesbians because like everyone's friends with their ex, but like some people get weird about it. So a deal breaker for one person might be 
no, I don't like you being friends with your ex. Sometimes that might be your opinion from the start, but then you get to know the person and the ex and you understand their friendship or their relationship and you're like, okay, I get it. That's not a threat. Um, I can look past that, for example. But then there's deal breakers like having kids or not having kids that that's a massive life decision. You can't really look past that or mend that. Like if I really want kids and I met the person of my dreams, I don't think I would bend my decision of wanting kids for that person unless, no, I don't think I would. I just don't think I would. And I could be different and you could have a different answer, but that's just me. But so for me now, how I'm broaching that is if I'm talking to someone or going on a date, I'll bring it up casually as like a deal breaker. Like any, do you have any deal breakers? These are mine. And we broach it that way. It's not like a serious on a first date and we're like on a couch and I put my hand on her knee and I'm like, so do you want kids? It's not that serious. Like that's fucking adding to the awkwardness. But like I think at my age, if you're in your late 20s or early 30s or any age for that matter, because some people want kids younger, Lee's a perfect example of that. You have to be clear on what you want and what you don't want. So for me, if I met someone and they didn't want kids, they're not that person for me. But that doesn't mean that I can't reframe that as a casual relationship because it's all about expectations and communication, right? So if I meet someone, there's an attraction, whatever, we do the deal breaker thing and they said, oh, actually, I don't want kids. Cool. I'm not going to spend time dating them thinking that they're the one when I know that they want kids. They're not for me. I'm clear on what I want. And this is a massive energy thing. And I ended up having like a tangent conversation with this person just about the energy that they're putting off. And I re- like I said, I really respect her for putting it out there and, and messaging me and sort of asking me for a date. I used to do that to some people, like some footy players and stuff like that. Like oh, I don't, I can't think of an example, but it's almost like, oh, if I'm lucky enough, maybe they'll see my DM request or whatever. And how do I put this? Your energy comes off in what you say and how you say it. So for this person, we ended up having a conversation and she was almost saying, well, I would look past a deal breaker of someone not wanting kids because I'm getting old and I'm alone. And it was almost like she's saying, I can't do any better. Whereas I'm saying, you decide what you want. You have the confidence and the energy of saying that And then someone's going to be lucky to have you because you know what you want, you know what you don't want, and you're not going to compromise on that. And that's a really strong energy to go out there. And it's very different to going out into the dating world when thinking, oh, I hope they see my DM, like I better settle for this person who doesn't want kids. Otherwise, there's not going to be anyone around, like I'm running out of time. If you're saying that, then you're believing that and you need to shake up your act because fuck me, this time last year I was super fucking low on confidence. Like my friends, they like they can attest to that. Like I was so anxious and so scared of losing my girlfriend at the time. It's actually embarrassing to think back and think how low it is now. 
what has changed between now and then? I went through the lows. I felt the emotions. I went through my breakup. Luckily, thankful so, thankful for the pod for getting me through. And honestly, it was a bit of cheap therapy. But, and I did therapy. You guys know that. I saw a psychiatrist and I highly recommend anyone who's dealing with self-worth issues or low confidence, have a chat to someone, go see your GP, get a mental health healthcare plan. It's so easy to do and it's so beneficial and it's not as costly as you might think. But I don't know why, for whatever reason, I went through the lows, I dealt with my shit and almost, fuck, how long, how long have we been doing the pod? About six, seven, eight months. I have never gotten as much attention from women in my life and I'm not saying that to gloat. I'm saying that to explain to you, as my friend Eric said when I was telling him the situation, apparently when you get lots of attention and you're going on lots of dates, apparently it's called a purple patch. So I don't know. Apparently that's what I'm in. Don't know. It's a man thing. A couple of men have said that to me. Whatever. It's not because I was sort of like, oh, maybe it's because of the podcast. Podcast is going well. Getting some women popping up out of people showing me attention, whatever. And Eric said, it's not the podcast. It's my posture. You know, like I'm about to turn 32 this year. I'm in my dream job. I'm financially stable now for the like the first time in my life. I've got my land. My house is going to be built by the end of the year. Um, I'm fucking feeling great. Like, and that is my posture and that is why I am getting attention from women. Whereas this time last year, or let's call it after my breakup, because obviously I wasn't seeing anyone, you know, during um, when I was in a relationship. But if you don't have the self-worth, if you're feeling low about yourself and you're trying to date people or go on apps, you're coming from a place of desperation. And it's almost like, oh, I hope some I get a match with someone, you know, because I'm lonely and I need someone. You don't need anyone. You need to start loving yourself. And maybe that's where the work starts for you. And I've completely gone off script, to be honest, because somehow we're at 27 minutes, which is crazy. But Start the work with you. And a couple of tips I've got for that is try and be grateful for what you have and try and appreciate the lessons along the way. So let's tail into some of the hard truth here, okay? Honestly, if you're not grateful for what you have, you're not going to attract anything. You're not going to attract anything new, you know? And if you don't know what you want, How is the universe going to deliver that to you? So you have to be really, really clear. And if if you're a visual person, write it down. What does your dream partner look like? But also, what does your dream you look like? What do you need to function at 100%? Is it eight hours sleep? Is it going to the gym two or three times a week? Is it, I don't fucking know, having a DVD night, a Netflix night so that you've got time to yourself? What is it for you? So you need to work on giving yourself the things that you need to operate at 100%. Eating well is probably one of them because I know when I eat shit, I fucking don't feel great. So what are the things that you need to be the best version of yourself? Work on that and then be grateful. So me and my sister have been, we're pretty spiritual people. Since December, we have been writing a daily gratitude message thread in our phone 
writing, it started with like three things that we're grateful for. Now it's like a fucking massive list. And honestly, the amount of good things that have happened to my mum, my sister and I in that four-month period is fucking so long. Like seriously, when you appreciate the things that you have in your life, you allow room for things to come to you that you actually want. And I'm not necessarily talking about bloody um, material things like a Porsche in your driveway or whatever, but it's just an energy, you know. It's just an energy that exudes from you. And long story short, I think you are responsible for your energy and you need to work on yourself and be grateful for what you have to attract new things and to attract the perfect partner in your life. And I'm, for whatever reason, attracting some attention now and it's fucking great fun. It's awesome. But, you know, back to the gratitude. It's like I attended a funeral yesterday of someone's mum and the first thing I did when I left was text my mum and just appreciate how lucky I am to have her around, to go to the gym with her on a Wednesday morning, um, to drop in occasionally and hang out. Like we forget how lucky we are. I've got another friend who had a sport-related injury and lost some of her hearing. Like, and fuck, the next day, what's in my gratitude? I'm so grateful for my fucking ears to be able to listen and hear and not have vertigo. Another friend lost her tape taste buds in cancer treatment I'm so grateful for to taste you know like if you start with gratitude you can't go wrong honestly if there's anything that you get from this podcast try stop for one minute a day and think of a couple of things that you're grateful for you will feel better I guarantee it and finally some breakup hard truths so if anyone hasn't already I highly recommend that you listen to the Four Agreements book or audio book by Don Miguel Ruiz. He is a bloody legend and has taught me and Lee a lot. We both sort of went through that personal development phase at the same time. And one of his key messages is, well, one, don't take take things personally. But in the breakup sense, if you're going through a breakup, I know it's a hard time. I know it might feel like you're never going to see the light at the end of the tunnel or get over your ex or someone I was talking to yesterday on IG, like you're never going to have that connection with someone again. I promise you, you will. But nothing anyone ever does is to hurt you. And I'm going to say that again. Even if someone cheats you or whatever, cheats on you or whatever, They never do anything to hurt you. It's always to make them feel better. It's always to deal with a lack that they're dealing with. So you can't take it personally because someone's behavior is always a reflection of what's going on for them, okay? Similarly, if you're feeling like shit and swiping on Tinder, swiping on Bumble or whatever from a place of desperation, you're never going to find your dream partner. Like you just know. When I was sort of in the tinder or bumble sort of world i would stop myself when i felt that i was flicking just because i was bored or flicking from a from a place of like not good energy where i was just doing it for shits and giggles i would only do it if it's out of intention so the other thing i would say is listen to this is like the ultimate ultimate heartbreak hack Okay, and thank you to Georgia G from Brisbane for sending me this podcast, the Do You Fucking Mind podcast by Alexis Preds. I think it's like the second or third episode. It's called Heartbreak Hacks. That is just 
listen to it. Stop this podcast right now and listen to it if you're dealing through some shit because she is so real and she essentially says, why do you want someone back who does not want to be with you? Like stop, stop what you're doing and just try and take your heartbroken hat off and look at the situation and if this was your best friend and they just got dumped or were not treated very good or whatever even if it's a I just I'm not in love with you anymore how can you how can you want that person to change their mind like you deserve so much better than someone wanting to default back to you like you deserve someone who wants to be with you so don't go back to someone who's cheated on you don't want them back in your life like let go, deal with the pain and move on. Don't want to go back there. I hope that makes sense. Takeaway from that is just listen to the Do, Do You Fucking Mind pod, podcast. It's honestly awesome and she's got heaps of good shit on there. So I'm going to leave it at that. Honestly, I don't know how I've spoken for 32 minutes by myself without Lee. It's been a bit weird but Lee's back next week, guys. We're going to hear about her birth story and I can't wait to share it all with you and hear it. We might even do it live. I don't know. We're going to be together. We'll see how it goes. But thank you for listening. Episode 29. Reet, over and out. Sorry for rambling and talking shit at you. I'm no dating expert. I'm just in a good place in my life right now. And um, I hope what I've said can relate to a few people and hopefully you can learn something or adopt a new habit like gratitude. Love you lots. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye.